0: Welcome. Hello, Ben. We're still episode 52.
1: the best part of the conversation (laughs) real people meeting one another
0: yeah man thanks for taking the time and stuff i can't believe we'd never met because we were both in new york at the same time are you so are you from london Are
1: you're in london London London,
0: and i got laid off in this job i was doing in 2007 and i just went over there and i was just playing open mics and living above pubs and stuff like that and then i left after about six months and then i came back in 2009 stayed till 2012 and I was always knocking about at Rockwood and Sidewalk Cafe. And, you know, I met Emily, my wife there. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I've seen, I've been to your gigs. Though. I went to a couple of your gigs at the living room. Oh, we never really
1: said hello or anything like that.
0: No, I'm quite shy, really, despite the fact that I do stuff like this. I'm a and that's weirdo. Your <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good to then officially meet you. Well, so does this podcast, is this actually like a departure from the neuroses of being a musician and trying to like build your audience is this like something you just whoever listens listens and you're not trying to promote it or judge yourself and your success by it or do you get as focused on the success of the podcast and the listenership you're a better
0: interviewer than me so that's why that probably tells you that's a good question this is just man this is a conversation
1: we're in the pub i turned off my screen i'm having a pint with you Uh, yeah yeah look Blueberry <laughs> lemonade.
0: What is that? It's just Suck a, you know,
1: Trader Joe's like fancy
0: organic seltzer BS. But that's cool. Know, that's I what I should to- be drinking because I can't clear my throat. Um, <laughs> but no, I'll tell you exactly what happened. It might be interesting for listeners as well. Is that I had a little bit of a breakdown and I was doing a sales job and I was running around trying to because I'm like a performery type. And I'd got sick of making albums that cost like five grand to make each album. And I did these sales interviews and I recorded them sometimes, which is illegal, but my boss told me to do it and listen back to them. <laughs> and then I started analysing my sales meetings and going, yeah, I could have done better with that, that, you know, and I could have made it funnier there and all that. And yeah. I could have sold the product. So in the end, I just started talking to musicians and stuff. And it was a distraction from doing music. And it was like feeding my soul. It was like something to do that wasn't as stressful or narcissistic It felt at the time as music. And yeah. it was also distracting me from my job, and I could also just put like music from the 80s in it or whatever. Or I've been watching this um, show called. Cobb Rock. I'll send you a link after. It's like a stupid, <laughs> like early 90s crime musical, and I could put that. You can't put that in your record. Yeah, step top, let's see what you got. See what you Don't got. be coming for you, ready on. Or not. It's a totally new form of television.
1: Gonna read me
0: my rights. You can yeah. only put it in your podcast. So no, that's
1: you're kind making audioscapes. You're making art. That it's a new. It's a song. It, it's a conversation, right? And that's yeah. what music and art is: is a conversation. You found a new way to do it that wasn't as, I guess, like you're saying, wasn't as um, self-involved, right? Because there's somebody else. But you can then decorate it with music and effects and everything like that. Like exactly. You yeah. know. By the way, I gotta tell you. So I listened to a few of the recent podcasts and. I love your intro. Welcome! (laughs) He's happy.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, I'll put that in before this just for you then. Oh, please, man. you got (laughs) to give me a welcome. Oh, I love it. Unless you want to record it. Yeah, let's do it right now. Welcome! Have a bev! With (laughs) Stem! I love it. I love it. All right, if we're doing that, I have to ask you then as well. Who are you?
1: Who am I?
0: Um, so, my name's Alec Gross, and the music that
1: I make, which is why we're talking at all, is, is called Our Wild America. Um, and I, I came up with, with a pretentious band name, because that was slightly less pretentious than when people go, Oh, what's, what's your band called? You know, oh, I'm a music, musician, what's your band called? And then I have to go, well, my band is called me, Alec Gross. So I, I, I wanted a project name, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I was playing with a band like when you when you were in New York um coming to shows, we, we I had a great band. One of the best live really... bands
0: I've ever seen. Dude, serious? We
1: were oh, that's so nice of you to say, man, but I, it felt like that to me. It yeah. felt so good. Like there was a period there, I think right around the 2012, 13 area where the guys in the band, we we just um you know, it's that the, the sum is greater than a parts kind of a thing, like we all elevated. Everybody was great musician. I would have been very, very blessed to have phenomenal musicians, musicians so far better than I in the band playing with me. <laughs> Good time to make music in those little clubs in New York. There were the crowds were great, the clubs were great, the other musicians and bands were great. It was a very hip scene. The, the industry was broken. You know, it was the end of the tail end of record labels and making CDs and trying to get a deal. And it was, but it was before it was full on DIY indie artists. Like you don't need anybody Spotify, you know, streaming and YouTube really, people really understanding how to do YouTube. I mean, social media was around, but I don't think it, I don't think we fully realized like what it was. And the people who, there were very few people who did realize it at that time and they did really well, but I certainly didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know how, to get to whatever the next level would be, but it was a great band that we had going, man. And we were, we were, we were cooking. And then like all things, you get the crest of the wave and the band was great. And then one guy moved away and then uh, one other person. And it was just like, and and the, the audience, everybody's getting a little older and it's like, okay, I did that for two or three years. And like, what else am I doing? And it just kind of passed. And so it was time to, like, for a while, we were just kind of running on fumes. Like, I remember being on stage um, and missing the lift. If opportunity had knocked and we were able to take it to a bigger level, a bigger stage, bigger audiences, great. We, we may, may have been able to stay together and build on that. But, like, we were still kind of there mm-hmm. a year later. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember being on stage playing with everybody. Everybody's fine musicians and just like i could feel that lift i was saying about how when everybody clicks and we're all in the groove and it just takes off it just wasn't happening and i'd like strum harder and i'd scream louder you got and pyro just... and you got strippers yeah, it was... and it still exactly. wasn't working I, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I have dancers and shit and <laughs> just decorating horseshit like there's you're just it would just made it worse because it was desperate rather than joyous you know rather than exultant it was like be, you know you're pushing it and so you know we kind of we, we made some we made more music everything was fine but then I really it really felt like time to do something else with the music and so went for a far more kind of stripped down uh delicate sound and that's kind of what I've wor- been working on now is kind of embracing all the things I didn't get in 2012 of just trying to do really cool home recordings and uh, write stories about things and release music instead of these albums that you know you and i would have these concept albums where we're really telling the story and or creating a place or a night or a moment but really trying to release music on a regular basis and and different instrumentation more strings or slower tempos and yeah that's
0: cool i was going to ask you about all this so you went for *Our Wild America* because of the band, because the name yeah. change is a thing. You know, it's like, oh, I have to start again, and like now yeah. I've got the thing. I've got Mahoney in the moment, Steve Mahoney in yeah. the milkshakes. All this, You've got like five Facebook pages. You don't know what your own name is, and yeah. all that. Yeah. So, was that that was because of the band or because of different music? The the name change.
1: Yeah, I think it was because of the band. It was like the band was. It was so. What happened is that I released a record called *Strip the Lanterns*. Yeah, that was Alec Gross, and it was with the band that 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 became Our Wild America. But then we were we were playing, we were rehearsing for a show, in the rehearsal room in Midtown Manhattan, and I'm listening. am like, ah, oh, this is perfect. Like this is great. There's nothing else I would add. I mean, it was a straight up rock and roll um, five piece, right? It was a band sound, dude. So I really wanted a project to capture what was actually happening, and then of course, as soon as I do that, everybody starts drifting away, and it's over. But I was glad to just have a project that I could separate myself from a little bit, hmm. you know.
0: Have you ever had nerves doing a gig? Because like, oh yeah, all of a sudden a couple of years ago, like thirty-six, I had, I didn't want to. I got so nervous. Once you get on with it, you're okay. But like those yeah. sort of fifteen minutes before you play was getting worse and worse and especially if you've got like a six-piece band so with me it's like yeah the identity thing and like my name's on it and i'm singing and everybody else like have you ever had that you ever had like i don't think it was tied to my
1: name i've certainly felt that and some gigs more pressured than others um but it wasn't it wasn't because of the name it was literally like i don't think i would call them um jitters almost more than like there were nerves but it wasn't like oh, i'm gonna it's gonna be bad i was just have that feeling in my stomach of like the tension and the and the getting ready to go and then once i'm up there and i hit the chord and things are going well you know then like you said it's like you're in it and and that's easier when you have a band right because mm-hmm. you you have a wall of sound that can cover up the minor flubs or whatever and you have you have your friends with you. you guys are lifting each other up solo it's another thing you know i remember i biggest probably the biggest show i ever had was i played solo opening for iron and wine it was a great big theater and it was packed and uh but once i got out there i like i I hit you know i hit and everything sounded it was fine and and it was over it was over before i knew it you know so i've i've experienced those nerves i i don't know but i don't think it's tied to it was tied to like my name is on this this thing Right, Um, right yeah
0: have you, how have you found the online gigs performing into this computer? It's this really, void?
1: it's so funny. You have, Yeah. That's a great question. So I had a show booked last March on like, it was on the uh, the 11th or 12th of March and things started getting hairy and people started getting kind of scared about COVID. And um, one of the, I had, I put the bill together and one of the artists text me he's like dude i'm not i'm not comfortable coming out and i was like all right well i'm still gonna go and then and then another artist <laughs> so then i checked with the, the club and i was like hey um are you're still gonna be open they're like we're gonna be here and the gig are wasn't we... in a wet
0: market in like yeah. um in wu-tang or whatever it's so funny you said that because it was
1: it was in wuhan we <laughs> were gonna go yeah <laughs> no so uh, <laughs> so Pop-up then gig. Like, yeah, Exactly, going viral. So, yeah, that's right. The live the, the, that that live stream that was a it was a real gig. It was a in life gig that went viral. Mm. Um, so everybody started backing out, and I was like, Let's, "Everybody, bring your own microphones. Like, that's gonna make it okay." You know, don't back out of the gig. Just bring your own mic. And then I told the club, I was like, "Yo, nobody's none of the other artists are coming," and they're like, "All right, don't worry about it." And then that Friday, the thirteenth, here in at least in California, that was when. They sent us home from work, like everything shut down. And I started live streaming every Saturday because we were in quarantine and it was great because I was saying earlier this this conversation, right? That you, you found through the podcast when you were taking a break from music. I think people who want to share stories or art or music or whatever need the conversation. No, i certainly do performers certainly do right
0: but how do you feel if there's no one on the other end <laughs> That's oh, as, shitty, as shitty as i as shitty as i felt when i
1: show up to the club and no no one would be there
0: yeah i suppose yeah you know 2012 then you did a live album right so you did capture it yeah zero sum is that right yeah, uh, Zero Sum and If You Don't Mind, Baby Go Ahead. They're and two massive up- songs, man. They're two unbelievable songs. If You Don't Mind, that is like amazingly produced, but it's seriously amazing. If
1: you don't mind Taking me home With a head full of wine If you don't mind well, baby, go ahead Play my that one that was before will had joined my band will engineered it he recorded that record and then that got mixed by ryan hewitt pretty successful mixing engineer
0: oh is he now like mixing taylor swift or whatever
1: well yeah i mean he was mixing like avid brothers and stuff back then so that was a reach for us that we got through will and greg who were friends and greg played keys with me they were both um, they had some connection to him and were able to get him on the project, which was great. And then will, after that record, will joined as our guitarist and then he essentially engineered and mixed. The next record, which
0: was called Our Wild America, and that was the band record. <laughs> Your cover of that record is a stag like standing in Chinatown, right?
1: Yeah, man, that was amazing. So I worked with... So where did uh, you I, get
0: this stag? And like yeah. people listening, Google Our Wild America, the yeah. album, and then you'll see. And, you know, what's the story with the stag? It's a great story. So I, I was working with this um a photographer named
1: Scott Gordon Bleicher or Bleicher, and we were throwing back ideas of what's going to be the album cover for our wild America. And so we we're kind of going naturalistic, you know, and I didn't, I didn't want to be on the cover because it was my first band project without me as the
0: name. Right. And the band are too busy to even be on the cover. Yeah, probably <laughs> when I've done a, yeah, a, a recording, Exactly
1: right. Oh my gosh. Getting a photo shoot with the band.
0: Yeah. I'm you really have to photograph it after you've made the record. That's what I've done yeah. a couple of times. Yeah.
1: Yes, 100% and did that at a rehearsal because it was like, I, mean, I can't pay these guys to hang out, you know, like I, I can get them to come for a rehearsal. And so the, the photographer showed up and we had like, you know, 30 minutes and these guys are trying to go and he's like, this is not what I want. And I was like, dude, this is what I can, I can get you. Anyway, so we went to the next. Like Denny's Museum. or something or like next. Uh, outside you know, the that's like the diner stuff. shot. You got to feed the guys, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I go with the photographer, the Natural History Museum and we're going around, we're taking shots of this stuff. And we're in the North America wing, right, with all the animals. And we're like, this is cool. But part of my thing about Our Wild America was that it was about the people that make Our Wild America create like cool and make America as wild as we know it to be, uh, positive and negative, right? Particularly, we feel a lot of the negative stuff recently. And so I was like, well, what if we took the, the wild nature into the urban setting, right? And that would kind of be the symbolism of it. Uh, or a metaphor for that I was chasing. So we found a taxidermist, upstate New York, about an hour and a half outside the city. And we rented a stag. We we rented this huge- So that's a real stag. Real stag. It's a male deer. It's a buck. It's like a five point or six point buck. We rented a van, drove up there, put it in the back. And when I say a taxidermist, this guy was like pro level. I mean, had huge rhino, like hippos and zebras. There was you felt we like know? Ace Ventura. It was, it was, it was, yeah, to- yeah, That rhino, that rhino scene from Ace Ventura too. <gasps> oh yeah. But he yeah. gets birthed out the back of the... I mean, it's amazing, <laughs> dude. That's so. Amazing. Oh righty there.
0: We, then we drove it down to the city. Who and drives? Got- and is the guy with you?
1: Yeah. And what's that guy car- like?
0: Video. Did he seem like he could be an axe murderer? Literally. The taxidermist? Yeah, okay. yeah. the taxidermist. No, it was
1: like a full-on operation. There were multiple people working there.
0: It was a real business. Okay, so you were like Obama going down 2nd Avenue of a stag, like, and what do you call it, well, like we, a, the police following you?
1: Well, yeah, we had this white van that we could have parked underneath the, the Empire State Building. We get down into Chinatown at night, and we pull this thing out, and we're just scouting locations, and we're walking around and then I'm holding the light and he's photographing it. I think he's got a light stand and he's setting up the camera. And we went around to different locations. We've got a bunch of different shoots. And this one point, this one dude came out, we're in Chinatown. So he was like a, he was a, a cook in one of the restaurants An old Asian
0: guy comes out. And he, he wanted starts, it for chicken wings or whatever. He wanted it yeah, for- Right, right. So he starts singing
1: to the singing to the stag in Cantonese or Mandarin or something. And he's like, And it's this big love song to the stag. I mean, it it was outrageous. So we set it up on finally get it on this street, set it up. I think it's Baxter Street. And we have to keep moving it when cars would come. So we'd have it on. We'd have it placed for like a minute, 30 seconds. And then we'd have to move it, and there were a lot of clubs. There's like underground clubs on the street. It's a cool, cool part of town. And this this limo pulls up, and we're like, you know, in, uh, you know, Wayne's World, where they're like, yeah, yeah. car, like they're playing hockey in the street, car. And oh yeah. Game, yeah, game on,
0: game on, game on. I remember, yeah. Car! car,
1: game on, game on. So we move it, and this car rolls up, and it's like a, a town car you know kind of fancy and this the window rolls down and this like older guy maybe in his 60s or 70s in like an impeccable suit leans his head it's midnight right because we waited till late night to do this so that we hmm. could get it and he leans his head out and he goes is this a happening and i go <laughs> fuck yeah man it's a total happening
0: <laughs> get out of a shot <laughs> great Probably. oh what a great memory though
1: well, that's the thing throughout all of the music making, it is such such a worthwhile endeavor. Mm. And we get hung up on, you know, the, the, what what one's expectations are or measures of success. And what I was just talking about being on stage with those guys when the band was at its crest, like, and making that sound and being in that sound, like, you know, that's what can be more rewarding. That was you did it. it.
0: You did yeah. it. That's making, making it, making it. Yeah. Where are you from, actually, originally? What state? I'm from, I was born in New Jersey, raised in Pennsylvania.
1: Kind of farm country. It's like the British countryside where I would grew up. My friend from London came to visit and he's like, oh, I understand you now, Alec. You, you grew up in the English countryside, you know? Mm.
0: So... Yeah, Pennsylvania is responsible for making America less wild recently because they're the they're the state that flipped it. Right. I don't want to get too political, but thank
1: fucking God, man. So my county, Bucks County, was one of the like on the edge and it was literally 50 50. And we went blue. We went Democrat for Biden. But that was that was a county that could have flipped the whole state. And it was a nail biter um it was extremely the the whole period has been extremely i i I think it's felt the world around it's not just in in america but that that night and that week and those months it took months were excruciating
0: we're in such an amazing time it feels like we're in a world war to an extent to the cultural impact of what's going on for me that the last year or two just with covid and the divisiveness and the digital evolution and culture it's, war
1: culture war it's wild
0: absolutely yeah. it is just
1: outrageous and it it is nerve-wracking
0: and for me the new bomb shelter or whatever is just straightening your mind out and turning the information off maybe and somehow clearing your head and keeping rational and not being too angry and stuff i don't know about you but that's kind of what i see about it
1: i mean you got to take care of yourself right yeah yeah And that's always the balance. It's like, you you have to be informed and you have to be a, an active member of society, right. And contribute and stand up for things because the stakes are very high. But yes, you must spare yourself the getting involved in, in things that aren't real (laughs) in, in interactions and arguments and fights and yeah. Yeah, and it's incredibly depressing to to encounter people that feel so vehemently opposed to you about things that you can't understand why someone would be could possibly disagree, right? And I know it's felt on both sides which makes it so mind-boggling.
0: So you had a Christmas song. It was kind of fun.
1: Yeah, well, that we I released had... under Alec Gross because I I didn't want to fuck with the brand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, how oh, was it? Okay, and then you've got this desperate middle class blues, right? So yeah, that was like social commentary, like the Kinks, I'd say. Or what were you trying to do there? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so. That's that's great. I would. Lo- I that, I'm gonna take that as a huge compliment. Yeah. I was thinking also kind of kind of a Randy Newman vibe, right? Right. Kind of got that like Americana country ish thing but yes social commentary and that one that one was written right out of quarantine right of just being stuck in the same place and like it's comfortable Mm. right so i've been able to work from home which was huge Mm. we have a little house and my and our family's been healthy and i have a little backyard and i have a fire pit i do my live streams from the fire pit so it was like we were fine and very fortunate but the doldrums of fine and fortunate are, are are real and people experience that and 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 so that was kind of what that song was about. But then you have on the other end of the spectrum, like the song I just released, something living in the green. I don't know. My music is my music is not too tongue and cheeky, typically.
0: And is um, this an album? All the singles you're doing, will it be an album, or are you is it, are you deliberately being eclectic with them? Yeah,
1: that's a good question. Only if I could afford to get them onto. A, to vinyl it's the only thing i'm interested in making as like a physical artifact for music is vinyl Mm. records i like to listen to vinyl records i like holding in my hand i like getting it made the songs could fit together some of them could fit together on an album like Mm. the last three
0: that i released maybe yeah they have horns Um, and they're very let me just intersperse a clip of fuel to burn fuel to burn i love this one
1: Whenever I'm talking to you, my ears just hum. A gasoline fire gets lit in my mind. When you move your tongue, I get consumed. I don't seem to learn, I'm just fuel to burn. Welcome back <laughs> brothers and
0: sisters all around the world. The mariachi
1: horns of fuel to burn.
0: Yeah, it's what were be- you thinking there? So, how did that come about? What were you? Thinking? Yeah, what were you thinking? <laughs> no, we've just heard it. It's a majestic, atmospheric, cinematic masterpiece, man. Cinematic, for sure. yeah. That's the sound. Big sound. What was on your
1: mind? <laughs> uh, true Detective.
0: Okay. That was that was me season one.
1: Yeah, so that was me writing a theme song for season two.
0: <laughs> right, the Vince Vaughn yeah. one.
1: Yeah, season two was disappointing. Yes. For me. I gave I mean, up. Season one was tremendous, although I felt like it could have gotten even weirder and cooler. I mean, it, it was weird and cool, but I feel like they kind of brought it back to earth and it could have kept going. So the theme song from that was The Handsome Family, mm. The Handsome Family Band. I've heard of is them, this yeah. a great Western yes. soundscape. You know i literally sat down and wrote that song you know you know sometimes you we'll labor over songs and sometimes songs will come out in one go that yeah. one came out right in one breath and they're usually the better ones i don't know for me i like them because i don't have to work so hard on them <laughs>
0: you know? yeah and you don't question yourself yeah i mean funnily enough for me i'm gonna go on about me too much but my comedy no, songs are easier to write I, and i think it's like if you have a song that you haven't quite been impressed enough by or you don't have a sentiment ready for it if you just change it and make it about a barista or having piles or hemorrhoids or something then it (laughs) kind of is easy just comes out like the hemorrhoid so yeah right
1: that's a great songwriting tip is like we can get really hung up or a great life tip you can get really hung up on taking yourself too seriously Mm. and there's nothing wrong with putting in the work of massaging the lyric until you get it right or fixing the melody and continue to expand it. But there is something to be said for, this is what it is, you know, and letting it, the best that we can do is to be an antenna, right? Get into the ether and you pull something out of the sky. That's the best that we can do. And I do think that there's something to be said about like the purity of the melody and the catchiness of it the poignancy of the lyrics when you're not overthinking and you're not forcing something you're not twisting it but you're letting it flow from this whatever subconscious wellspring or whatever is floating out in the in in space so i think i think you you know that that may be true with some exceptions
0: Mm. how do you feel about because i was going to ask you that actually because you've done these songs that aren't incredibly serious or maybe they are but do you feel the burn of people around you or other artists like this isn't this isn't serious because it's not about wanting to kill yourself or it's not about your ex-girlfriend fucking you over or something? No, but, like, I I've had that.
1: feel the opposite. I almost feel the opposite. You know, I like, want you to be comedy. Yeah, well, I feel like I would get judged more for taking myself too seriously. Like there's that we can appreciate someone who's tongue in cheek and having a laugh or having fun and be like oh that that person's cool you know they they're they're having fun in life and having fun with art and having fun with what this all is and not taking themselves too seriously and then if all of your songs are and i love sad songs i love sad music i'm a big proponent of it but i almost feel like if you don't like sad music you don't really like music music now if you just like having music the music is just an accessory to you. It is just something in the background that elevates your mood or, or punctuates your happy, carefree lifestyle. Mm. But if you need dark art to center you and to help you process the world and your feelings like that, then you're a true fan of uh, whatever the medium is. And for me, it was always music. I love comedy, but, but music to me is like, that's where I, I try to process this whole experience. Right. Mm. So yeah, I think I think I, I feel like it's easy to get pointed at like oh he's oh well, what is he doing this this song oh he kills his family again like that's almost a cop out right you can make anything sound serious and 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 deep when like death is on a line right mm. but if you're trying to write a song about the the boredom and ennui of a middle class existence and you can do it and find poignancy and universalities and um and connect with people i almost think that like that's tricky that's really tricky to do i got a job i work to pay the bank and when i get a little extra i put it in the tank i got an inflatable pool show my life feels pretty swank when each day is exactly the same i was listening a bit you know in preparation for our talk i was listening to uh the brit pop i didn't make it all the way through oh man thanks for the research (laughs) well well, i I was like oh let me get it let me get a, 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 a pulse on this thing and i was like oh well let me learn you know and i realized now so when i was when i was a teenager i was a total throwback so i was like i'm all about 60s rock and roll i'm all about 60s folk music and then I'm all about now I'm all and then I'm all about 50s rock and roll and uh, 40s blues and 30s blues and so I kept going back and like going back in time with music and in rejection almost in rejection of what was happening around me. I think that that also limits my musical vocabulary in the sense that like if if you love music and you want to make music, you have to be open to listening to innovation yeah. and what is new, right? all this all this to to
0: say um that you were listening to that when you were 16 or something like that's what you're saying yeah rip pop was here and you were listening to you know 50s rock and roll chuck berry and all that and is that true that's true yeah
1: that's true and i'm glad i did but I,
0: i would have also liked to have enjoyed the music being made at that time i'm bias maybe because I love Britpop it felt like another 60s here and it was the last time that the two nations were divided kind of musically and culturally so you guys had like Smashing Pumpkins and a lot of rock stuff right um yeah so we had post-grunge rock bands right yeah I just maybe there was nothing to be into though I would rather listen to 60s music than Alanis Morissette
1: could have gotten into hip-hop 90s hip-hop was
0: yeah That's true.
1: Unbelievable. And I didn't really, it didn't really, connect. I like melody. It didn't really connect with me in that level. You know, I'm just attracted to nostalgic things. I'm attracted to nostalgic voices and to stories and to simplicity that just appeals to me naturally. But but all that's to just say that I I wish I'd been a little bit more open to my contemporary stuff rather than be like, I'm going to be
0: different because I'm not listening to Oasis. No. yeah yeah <laughs> and are yeah. you so now you listen to stuff from now have you got anything really. that you... <laughs> <laughs> no i do like I, I've there's been this absolutely... reissue of uh exile on main street <laughs> know, it's dude. coming out next month i've actually got a game if you're into this today is may 4th i know we're recording this on may 4th i'm not a star wars fan are you
1: I am a Star Wars fan. Oh, you are?
0: Right. So the game is called Vader or Spader. (laughs) All right. So what I'm going to ask you is a series of quotes, not many. And you have to determine whether it was said by Darth Vader or James Spader. There is only sex. Everything is sex. So, here's the first one. Welcome! (laughs) Welcome! (laughs) Number one. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Vader. Oh, wow, straight out of the box. No, come on. on. Okay, yeah, maybe this is too easy. Just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. Yeah, Vader. (laughs) I did this, like, ten minutes before we connected (laughs) in. The most interesting heroes have a bit of a villainy to them. Spader. Wow, you're gonna get 100%, you're gonna win the prize. Nice. I'm altering the deal. Pray (laughs) I don't alter it it, any further. Let me read that again.
1: Empire Strikes Back. I can give you the movies too.
0: Shit. Can you give me the time, the exact time on the DVD? Yeah, that one was
1: Bespin. He's talking to Lando Calrissian.
0: Holy shit, you are a fan. Okay, Yep. final one. I lost interest in firearms as it scared the dog.
1: Well, definitely Spader, because they don't call him
0: Pyro. 100% for Alec. What a king. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know Star Wars. What? That's
1: like the saddest thing. Like, king, king of Star yes, Wars. I won my
0: Star Wars, clearly. I'm the king. <laughs> please, oh, please, oh, please
1: Read my fortune. lines in my hands Please, oh, please, oh, please The tea leaves speak novels Please, oh, please, oh, please Decipher them The whole yeah. thing about releasing music, I hadn't released music since like 20... I, I released... Uh, an a and b side last year i
0: noticed that you're very creatively brave so what was behind that so your kids are in it climbing all over you while you're trying yeah yeah so what's that about so
1: i'm going through these recordings that i have just home demos of stuff and i'm like god i haven't put music out and i've moved and i don't have a band anymore and and i can just upload these things to spotify i was i had a band called the handsome lady records club Mm. and that's really cool we put out a record last year so i was in like, like this vibe of like let's just get the music out and I was going through like a hard drive and I had these two home garage band recordings of just me working on a song into my computer with the computer mic, not even like a writer or an Apollo setup or anything with a microphone. And my son, who was an infant at the time, is just like gurgling in the background, cooing and goo-goo-gagging. And then Wait, there was like, another song... It worked, man. Yeah. There was another song with him, and then there was like a little baby piano, and he hits it a few times. And my wife's family's Russian, so they're speaking Russian in the background. And it was just like the accompaniment, the instruments, rather than having drums and electric guitars and organs and synthesizers, now is just a home, a family life.
0: I thought it was and incredible. I've never heard that before. Never heard it. It totally like worked, that. right? Yeah, it yeah. Work. yeah, yeah any other plans like that any other ideas so you've got more singles coming out every month yeah. this year
1: every single month the last Friday of every month I'm releasing a, another song the song I released on Friday is about the forest and about in the woods it's like this I sorry I had
0: a real Russian narrative
1: yeah well I went to my my wife's family's dacha. that's their country home outside of Moscow is outside this town Sergei Pasad. Hmm. and it has this like really important monastery in the Russian Orthodox Church. And you go in these walls, it's like going back in time. And I walked into the one and it was so dark. And then all along the, the walls and the pillars, they had painted vines and leaves and flowers. And it was like the forest was reclaiming the inside of this church, you know? And I heard this singing from the altar. And I walked over and there were these all these old, old Russian women in like black garbs. I don't know if they were nuns or they were just... That's what they do on an afternoon. They they come and they have their, their little prayer books and they're singing and the melody was like la 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 la. Oh, you put it in the song? Oh, wow. I I, I to use your 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 language, I nicked it. Yeah. I took the I, took them and I ran out of the church. I ran out of the church, blinded by when I could come into the sunlight, you know, cuz of this dark church. I'm like, sit down and I start singing The melody in my phone to remember it because it was like it was like my body was vibrating with this song i mean there were probably 12 old women singing this melody and it was like the old humans every culture has been making this song every culture has a version of this song you know there's something living in this green this is how i fall in love with you It whispers, dig my shovel, sings This is how I fall in love with you Yeah, so like, I, and I started thinking about this like naturalistic scene of like the song of the forest, or, or, or what the the sound of the roots growing in the soil would sound like, and it was this song, you know.
0: And you recorded this music in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, so that's how come, I- and is that recent? No, so these songs were recorded a few years ago, 2017.
1: Mm. I did a I did a thing. I was working with um, another artist named Danica Dora, who's great. She had a, a a friend, Ward Williams, who was playing cello with her, and I loved it. And I was like, you know, this is kind of the band's winding down. Let me get into different instrumentation. So I, I approached her and another musician who's, um, he's from outside of Manchester, Warren Malone, New York City singer-songwriter, but from from Manchester. Great. And I was like, hey, guys, let's do a show at Rockwood. We'll do it in the, the listening room, stage three. It's underground. We'll We'll back each other up. We'll each do a few songs, and we'll get ward williams to do string arrangements for our songs and so we brought in ward and a and a violin player michael hunter and they backed us up and it was a great night and i was like let's record this stuff so fuel to burn something living in the green and then a few more tracks i'm releasing this year will hensley mixed those recordings but when i finished it like, I had lost my voice, so I didn't record vocals at the time. And then I was listening back and I was like, fuck, this doesn't sound good. Like, it doesn't sound right. Sounds like I got the tempos wrong. I went too slow. Something wasn't there. Maybe I was coming off of not having a, a big band, you know? Mm. And so I, I kind of put them aside. I, like, I put them under the bed and I wasn't going oh, really? to them. Yeah. I hadn't touched them for like three years. And I came back to them and I started showing some of my friends, like this guy, John McGrew, who's in a band, Apollo Run. Uh, greg barbone who used to play piano with me and you know, i was like what do, you, what do you think of this is it like did i miss you know which sucks because you know how expensive it is to make music like yeah it really blows
0: but it's quite um, brave to just sit on it that's quite disciplined or
1: chicken shit. i don't know <laughs> but i just didn't have the money to, to to finish it if i wasn't feeling good about it you know and then I, I um i decided to try to record vocals to it so i worked with john and he helped direct the vocal sessions he's like a choir. Guy who, who can really hear those harmonies and he helped record it. And that was really, really great to work with him. They came out really good. And so it was yeah. like, yes, yeah, so I, I had sat on these for a few years. And I guess maybe just the time was right for me to start releasing music. My wife was like, You've been writing all this stuff, but you don't release it. And you're miserable because. <laughs> you know we have to put something out we need a conversation you know i can play my guitar and i can do my little live streams but it's it's not enough i want to engage and like you would never have been hey let's you want to do this podcast if i hadn't been putting those songs out so like yeah that's that's true that's true
0: but i'm glad you are you know in this weird 21st century way i've always noticed your music and been really impressed by it and love it i've got a lot of your songs and they're always done really well, performed really well. And yeah, you, know, you covered Albuquerque right. I'm a massive Neil Young guy. Yeah. I love yeah. doing that song. That was a highlight,
1: man. That was so much fun.
0: And what about LA? How come you're there? Is it because of just work and stuff or work. Yeah, yeah. work. I, Are I you got to into... Stay there and you're settled there and I think so.
1: It's a good place for music, which matters more to my wife than to me. So she does like album artwork and works wow. with a lot of labels and musicians. And so LA is a great place for her to be. And there's a bit of more industry here than there is in New York, I think because of sync licensing and the film and TV industry. So there's kind of a hustle going on. It's a good place for her to be and the the quality of life. And I love New York. I lived in Pennsylvania longer, but only by a few years, I lived in New York a sum total of like, I don't know, 15 years of my life. Right.
0: And this was one of my Um, final questions. What do you miss about New York?
1: I miss, I miss a lot of things about New York. I'll start with the, with, with the natural stuff. So there are two weeks in the spring and two weeks in the fall. Yeah, where New York But they only last
0: that long. Those, those it's
1: four weeks a year. You add it up to yeah, one month. Yeah. Yeah. And New York is the most beautiful, pleasant, comfortable, sweetest place to be in the world. The winds blow so sweet and pure and clean. The sun is warm. It's nice. Jesus, not too where were hot. you living? <laughs>
0: you, you I was don't remember covered in rat piss
1: above an Irish. You don't remember you don't remember that?
0: No, I do. Well, I remember you used to call it skirt day. The um
1: Oh yeah, when the rigged. girls would start start taking off the jackets. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Can you, can
0: you remember back in,
1: in school, man? Yeah. Like when spring comes around it was yeah. just like, oh my God. We were full of hormones oh (laughs) my god man so yeah so that i love i love that um being able to get around very easily you can travel vast distances and not feel like you're going way out of your way no car spending a lot of money without a car you can drink and party and hang out super late everything is open all night long there's something to be done and had and there's a way that you can be a part of a scene even if you have to live on the outskirts because you can't afford to live anywhere else and like so i really miss that la is total opposite you know it's like la may be the most american city it is a city of suburban sprawl it is bizarre Mm. but it's a city for sure it's not pretty and it takes a long time to get around and having a car will really help with that but like it is sprawl. It's like you took every suburb of the country and put it into one, one place, you know? It's not New immediate. Not like I remember
0: that. when I first went to LA, I was like, well, where is it? You know, it's not immediate like New York yeah. or London or Vegas. Yeah. It was all just, it was like, felt like an industrial estate where they make movies. Well, which is amazing because
1: there is a downtown, and I guess London has this too, right? There yeah. is a downtown, but it's like, it's pretty remote. I mean, it's not remote. It's just, it's not that big. And, So much of L.A. is not downtown, right?
0: Yeah, well, we've got the West End here, which is like Manhattan. So it's like eight miles by four miles or something. Like you played at the 12 Bar Club, right? Yeah.
1: That's downtown London.
0: Yeah, Yeah, great place. Denmark Denmark Street, most famous music street, huge street. So that is London and Soho is the best bit of London for me
1: i love that club i played it a few times i would love did they close though it's closed
0: funnily enough though me and emily are going to try and open our own venue nice Um, we've been wanting to do it for two years obviously there's loads of things going on it might be another year now but the spirit is still alive in london there's a lot of musicians i used to run a night in london and um you know i know a lot of musicians like us who play folk americana rock and roll and there'll always be places to play, but people like me and stuff have to kind of sounds a bit egotistical, but you have to just do it. You can't ex- wait for it to someone else yeah. to sort it out, you know? So London's a bit bleak. There's a lot of Starbucks. There's a lot of pret a and stuff, but the 12 bar club's gone. Yeah. And um, yeah, unique place. And, you know, people like, ryan adams or pete Doherty and people from the yeah. states played there and did secret i did a gig there and ewan mcgregor was in the audience and i was like what Jeez. the fuck it's like That's... a new yorky place it was yes, you know it is it yeah, is like...
1: it is like a new york bar man absolutely the
0: especially that front part yeah um, it's good to have played there yeah. okay So we'll sign off. And is there any song? I had a question here that was quite indulgent. It was like, if you were to listen to one more song in your life, what would it be? Which is incredibly difficult. Do you want to answer that one? Or do you want to just say, I'll have uh, Dwayne Eddy or something. Up to you. To sign off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne Eddy's a great call. That's awesome. Just his twangy guitar. Yeah. The rest of my life. To relax
0: everyone after our jabbering here for for 50 minutes. You're saying I, I could only listen to one song for the rest of my life? Well, no, it's bleak. So you're on death row and you've got 10 minutes left. So you could imagine. listen to Stairway. Imagine.
1: Imagine okay. it be the greatest song ever written. Yeah, It's cliche, I think... but it's perfect.
0: But angry people it's... try to have a go at us for loving that song and singing it and stuff. But I, I do believe in it. I love it. I'm exactly the same.
1: Well, I, I'm trying to imagine what the complaint would be.
0: Well, you could Did be you like, imagine what? if you weren't going to put me on death row right now. You could like, add a verse or... <laughs> No. well
1: you know it's bleak that's ultimately bleak because he's saying there's no afterlife this is it you're yeah. about to be gone forever so yeah. it's actually the most amazing f song you could possibly listen to
0: on death row
1: <laughs> that is awesome it's way better than like fuck the police or anything like that because you're just like yep i'm gone it's gonna fuck be fuck the like police is a part. good
0: one though or fight the power but no imagine is nice and peaceful and uh, kind of reflective and uh beautiful
1: I think it's the Zen way to go. And I'm sorry, you, you were asking me if I was a fan of jazz and you got a Bill Evans uh, poster. And, and, but I'm not. Remember. That's
0: Emily. I, 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 okay. No, it's not that I'm not. I'm a novice. I don't know. I didn't get into it. I'm drinking wine as well. I've changed a lot in my 30s. <laughs> I don't know about any about this. I was just, yeah, Britpop and all that stuff. But I like a bit of Bill Evans when I'm trying to clear my head and like a bit of red wine when uh, I'm feeling bloated. So.
1: Yeah, man. No, it's good. I've been trying to find music that I, because I have trouble listening to music casually. Remember I was talking about, like, if you don't like sad music, you're not a real music fan. And like, I'd have to find genres of music and typically in other languages or that are um, instrumental to play in the background so that I can just have music in the background. Because if there are lyrics or if it is a story focused, like a lyric focused song, I, I can't concentrate on anything else. So I've been getting into a lot of like Malian music or Haitian music, like some world music stuff where they're singing in French or, or Creole or they're speaking in whatever uh, language. And then uh, I don't know if Malian is a language or-
0: I thought you were um, saying Molly, like drug music, like pill music. I should have been singing that, but, but Malian, that would have been grit pop, right? When that just yeah, been... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just put on a bit of Molly music and have a few pills and then I, I get guess, all my work done. House,
1: I guess that would just be house music, which is instrumental too. But um, but jazz, jazz is when it's not too busy, like post post bop can be can be kind of chill. You know? I can
0: listen to music I know really well, and I don't even know I, I know the lyrics, and it's almost like I can multitask by doing the work and the lyrics are going away. It could be Springsteen or something. Um, and yeah, it actually helps me to do the work. A few weeks ago, I was listening to some like 80s mix and um, I had Addicted to Love on.
1: And Emily said, <laughs> you're fucking girl? listening
0: to Addicted to Love and you can carry on doing this spreadsheet or whatever. And I was like, yeah, so, might as well face it. <laughs> but the obvious, I, I don't know if I was tapping into with 80s stuff, my youth and just going, oh, this speaks to my soul, this shit song about, you know, a model with long legs. Um, is addicted to love
1: and sharp dressed man the same song like uh zz top
0: well yeah they both got models with tights on and high heels for the videos yeah but like, you might as well
1: face it you have a sharp dressed man
0: that'd be hilarious man yeah just lyrically it's funny too so the question is to end this podcast are we going to play sharp dressed man addicted to love or imagine or are we going to merge them
1: if you wouldn't mind i'm yeah. asking i'm begging you yeah. please mash addicted to love into Shark <laughs> yeah with. of course and because if it doesn't work it'll be even more hilarious yeah if they're like, different keys
0: like, yeah totally it's just like <laughs> doesn't work at all I'm like what was alec talking about <laughs> he's an idiot right so let's sign off thanks so yeah. much to alec gross oh yeah there's one more question with your band had you ever thought about a play on the word gross like calling your band like gross profit or, or anything <laughs> like that awesome.
1: no i i had i did have a high school band called the gross me out grosses or something like that mm. it wasn't really a band but we like we got together the gross me outs but um gross profit's really good
0: we should do this again and like create some sort of project called gross profit i'd be up for it but like a corporate band who do jingles like um oh my god yeah like uh later. <laughs> amazing Hey, thanks thanks so much. Great to to hang with you, man. Yeah, you too. You're welcome! Welcome! (laughs) So
1: good, man. I love that intro. Don't ever change that. That is the hook. It's so good. Cool, man.